welcome. Uh, welcome to That's What People Do. That's What People Do is a brand new podcast starring myself, Ryan McGowan, and I've also got James K with me. Uh, James. Hello, good to be here. Hey, bro. Um, so, yeah, we have started this podcast called That's What People Do. Uh, we've sat down together and decided that we wanted to take something away, uh, create something where we can talk about cool people who have done cool stuff somewhere along the line. Um, people are awesome. I think we can all accept that. Some, some people. people do some bad stuff too. Mm. So we're going to try and talk about these people. Uh, we're going to find some interesting people. If they've done something cool, we'll talk about it. And then also we have a little aside that we'll be talking about uh, where that's what people probably shouldn't do. And we'll talk about some maybe negative things people have done. Some really dark things. Some real dark stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, James, you kind of, you came up sort of with this idea, like it was kind of fresh from your mind. Mm. What is it about people? Like, cause, cause initially we were trying to think like, what is it we're going to talk about? We wasn't sure. And then you were like, let's just talk about people. Like people have done cool things. Yeah, so um, if you listen to a lot of podcasts like, uh, recently, they have a lot of celebrities on talking about their lives and, and things like that, which is all it's all well and good. But I think there's a lot of unsung heroes throughout history and even walking around the streets today that you perhaps don't know about. Mm. Uh, I think we could shed some light on those people. Um, and I think that's important as well. Some people we will talk about uh, will be quite well known, obviously, but we can go into more depth. I think you described it best the other week that we were kind of like a, a Wikipedia page that you can listen to. Yeah. So you don't have to look it up yourselves. You just plug us into your ears and we'll educate you as best as we can and educate ourselves as well. So that's what you can think of us as. You can think of us as Wikipedia for your ears. Yeah. Enough info and you get what's going on, but not too much. But info. it won't be from Wikipedia. It will be multiple sources. Just exactly. in case anyone from like Harvard's having a stress fit that we're using Wikipedia as a source material. Yes, there are no Harvard references here. Did you do Harvard reference in it? Yeah, it was a nightmare. I did. I managed to get through the whole of university without doing it at all. Really? Yeah. How? I don't know. Like I would. Is it? A, it's a bibliography at the end, isn't it? Yeah, but you have to do it throughout the essay as well. No, so I would just put a quote that I just happened to know, or if I knew something, I'd write it, and then they'd say, "But Ryan, you need to explain how you know this." And I'd yeah. say, "Because I do." Yeah, that wouldn't fly at my uni. If you didn't like properly reference it, it's plagiarism, and you fail. But it, mm, yeah, is it's it? mad. Yeah, apparently. I still, I, I, if you was to ask me to do Harvard referencing now, it wouldn't happen. I yeah, there's an app it. that can do it for you. All right then. So, uh, episode one. Episode one. Hello everyone. Welcome. This is your first time. It's our first time too. Don't worry. We'll take it slow. We'll take it nice <laughs> and easy. You know. We're all inexperienced here. So we'll be talking about a guy called Dashrath Manji, who's also known as the Mountain Man. Mm. So how this is kind of working is James knows the name of the people I'm talking about, but he hasn't read any of this. So he has no idea like what this person has done in and how they've done it. Yep. And the same will go for the other way around. So James in one episode is going to be talking about someone who I don't know yet. And then he'll be telling me about it. So that's kind of how we're doing it. You'll be learning as we learn. So yes, James. Hello. Dashref Manji. Dash, tell me about Dashref. The mountain man. Okay, so here we go. So this is a story of a guy who went from being an untouchable to someone movies are made about, all right? What do you mean untouchable? So we'll get into that later on. Oh. 
exactly. It, it actually makes a point. Like he is actually untouchable, but not in a good way. You physically cannot touch this man. No, you cannot. Well, what yeah. happens if I do? Do I do I explode? Uh, no. But if you do, no one else would want to go near you, kind of thing. So I become untouchable. You wouldn't become untouchable, but it'd be kind of you touched an untouchable. What is wrong with you? But then if I touch an untouchable, he's no longer untouchable because he's been touched. He has been touched, but no one else has ought to touch him either. It's a big tangent. Yes. <laughs> so, born in 1929 in a remote area of India called Gelhore, mm. Dashraf Manji was born into a family uh, of the lowest level of the Hindu caste system. So his family were uh, Musaha, which literally means rat eaters, uh, due to their main job of being rat catchers. Right. Okay. Uh, so... Musaha are Dalits in the Hindu caste system. So we're going to go into a bit more of the caste system, what that means. Yeah, right? I, I so, don't really understand that at the minute. Yeah it, yeah, it took me a little while to kind of get my head around it. I think I've got it. So you've got the Hindu caste system, otherwise known as uh, untouchables. That's what the Dalits are. The Dalits are untouchables. Right. Um, so these people are shunned by traditional Indian society and are traditionally given jobs that are completely associated with death, excrement, blood, dirt, uh, so they'll do things like they'll be a butcher, they'll do like leather work, um, they're scavengers, so they'll like pick things up and like sell it on that kind of way. They also clean toilets uh, and they're also street cleaners. Um, so these um, people are supposedly like polluting to okay. other castes and touching them is to be avoided. At I, all I'm costs. beginning to understand why they're untouchable. It's not the fact that they're physically untouchable, it's just that these people are seen as lower tier. And yes. if you touch, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, okay. So, okay. Uh, the, yeah, so India has like its caste system. Uh, and so the Dalits at the bottom, or untouchables, are like the lowest of the low. So it's like a society, like pyramid kind yeah, of? Yeah, yeah. Like, like our class system almost. Kind of like a class system, but this is based on like their, some sort of religious meaning. And uh, your what you get in life is your just desserts kind of thing. Right. So That's unfortunate. If you were born a Dalit, that's because in your previous life you had bad karma. And like whatever you did in your previous life has led you to become a Dalit now. So if you were born into a Dalit, you did something in a previous life that was horrendous and bad, and this is your punishment for it. Right. Okay. I understand the logic. So you have like no it. choice in it. So once you're born into it, that is it. Okay. Okay. That's that's an interesting concept. Yeah. So yeah. So they were part of this caste system. So they are untouchables. They do like horrible jobs and stuff. Right. Really bad stuff. And I mean, a fun. butcher is that a horrible job? People do that here. They make quite a lot of money. Well, I don't but know. But then they don't actually slaughter the animals here, do they? They just sell it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what... I, don't, I think a butcher doesn't slaughter the, their own animals. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. So you've got... Is it ab, you have an, an ab, abattoir. An abattoir that slaughters, abattoir that slaughters the animals. And the butcher sells. And then the meat goes to the butcher. Like and prepared, the butcher yeah. prepares the meat yeah. and then sells it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what these people would do. So they're messing about with death and stuff like that and dealing with it. There are were cases of um, Daleks who would clean out toilets but they have to do it with their bare hands. Why? Yeah, because they they're not things? given like no other materials to do it with. They literally just have to do it with their bare because hands. It, because they don't have the materials or because it's seen as punishment? That they don't have. And then also they're like, they're the poorest of the poor as well. So they have nothing. Man, this is awful. Yeah, so it, it's really not a nice system. And so there are in India at the moment, like people trying to like break this caste system so that it doesn't continue and like trying to get people jobs and stuff like that so that it doesn't you know, yeah surely the world's the progressing to the point that you think so. we understand that this isn't the right way of doing things um so this is useless for podcasts but obviously um i want james to kind of have an idea of what is going on because i'm telling him like i'm telling you but 
I've got a picture of Dashraf there. So you should have a picture of him there. Yep. He's a, he looks like he's chiseling a rock. He is chiseling rocks, which is what we'll go on to. Mm. So Dashraf, at a young age, was married off to a girl, but he actually ran away because he didn't want to do it. So he ran away from his family and he began to work in a coal mine. Right. So um, years later, he actually returned to the village and married a woman called uh, Falguni Devi, who happened to be the same woman who he was to marry as a child. So he came back and actually fell in love with her? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice little coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, so he was due to marry this girl as a child. He was like, mm-mm, I'm running away. He ran away, worked in a coal mine for just years and years and years. Ended up coming back to the village, met a woman, fell in love with this woman. Turns out that was the same woman he was supposed to marry as a child. I suppose as a young lad, if you're told you have to marry someone, you're going to bolt. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, do you want to... Well, I don't know how... Because uh, it's unclear. So he's he's like youth yeah, and early life. There's not that much going on. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to like find what he was up to and stuff like that. So I'm not I'm sure actually, how I, young he was, but I'm going to say like something maybe like under 12 or something. I reckon young, yeah. They, yeah. I think arranged marriages are arranged quite early on, aren't they? Yeah, I think you're right. So when he came back, uh, he wanted to marry Falguni. Falguni's father initially didn't approve of the marriage uh, because Dashraf didn't actually have a job, uh, but they got together anyway. So we were reading quotes earlier yeah. just to do a little mic test. Yeah. And one of them was like, smile nod agree and then do the thing you're going to do anyway and that's what he did which is exactly what he did i think someone told him that uh, and they had two children together nice yeah so unfortunately uh falguni devi died in 1959 after falling from the hillside uh, while she was pregnant and not mm. being able to receive immediate medical care because the nearest hospital was over 43 miles away right um yeah so she i think he was working on the hill she was to give him food. She was going up there to get him something. And then she slipped, fell, and she didn't receive medical care initially. Yeah. That would have helped her. And she eventually died. Right. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's not good. And so not wanting anyone else to suffer the same fate. In 1960, he decided to carve a path through the Gelhor Mount, uh, Gelhor Hills mm. uh, to make his village more accessible with just a hammer and chisel given to him by a friend called Shivu Mystery. Um, so, yeah, in 1960, he was like, so she died in 1959. Yeah. He had his little, like, you know, bereavement moment. And yep. He was like, I need to do something about this. I don't want no one else to suffer the same thing I had. And so I have to explain as well. So Gelhor is his little village where he lives. Right. The nearest place that has, like, a hospital and all those sort of amenities and that is, like, over 40 miles away. Right, but you have to go over these hills, which are mini mountains. Like they're huge, they're they're massive. I like on a little little Google Maps, you can see they're massive. Like you can see them, uh, and it takes time to get over them. It's it's not it's not good. It's dangerous. So people generally would walk around them. So yep. they'd go out their village all the way around to come back around and then go to the nearest village and then come back and that, which is not good. So that's the reason his wife died in the first place. You couldn't you couldn't get her around it. She would have died. So I'm assuming they don't have vehicles either because they're quite poor. No. So yeah, this is a very very poor village. Like not a lot's going on. And also this is in the 60s as well. So like there's even less then than there is now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he decided to take a hammer and chisel, and he was going to carve a path for it. So he he started off. Uh, hammer and chisel, man. That's small utensils. Yeah. So that was all he had. So he had literally nothing to do this with. No industrial equipment. No nothing. He was given a hammer and chisel. He was like, I'm going to do this. So he was given a hammer and chisel. <clears throat> so uh, he actually tried to get some help, though. So he actually went to go to Delhi 
and asked the government for help, but he didn't have any money for the train ticket, so he actually jumped the train. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We've all been there. Yeah, exactly. We've all done it. Um, but was found and kicked off the train. Right. But this is the mad bit. He then walked the rest of the 1,000-kilometer journey, which I've, I've figured it out is over 600 miles. That's disgusting. Yeah. So he went on a train to go ask the local government for help to carve a path through this mountain and was so determined to do it. He was like, I'm going to go get help. I haven't got any money for a train, though. I'm just going to bunk it. I'm going to bunk a train. So yeah. he bunked it, got caught, kicked off and went, I still need to get there. So he, he walked over 600 miles to get there. I, f- I fully respect I, Do you reckon he's been driven by the fact that he's probably still in mourning and that he's doing this for his wife? Maybe. Like, it, it's possibly one of those, I said I'll do it. Because what drives a man to walk 600 miles? Well, she, she, she died and they say that his initial, you know, reasoning for doing it is that he didn't want no one else to suffer the same thing that he went through. Yeah. Right? And he wanted something better. He wanted people to be able to get to you know, medical facilities and, you know, all those sort of amenities as well. Because this was like kind of uh, not, it was a very poor village. Yeah. Like people like had next to nothing. They very, lived very nomadic there at that yeah. time as well. And even now it's still not great there, people that live there. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm. So he did get there Good. and he spoke to government How officials. How long did that take, do you know? I have no idea. 600 miles. doesn't say. That's um, going to take time. Yeah, exactly. But then also Weeks. you'll notice I haven't actually said, well, I said earlier, he still didn't have any industrial help. So they said no? Yeah, they said no. And then he had to walk back? Yep. After being told no? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> he had to walk human. back. Yeah. Yeah, so he walked back after they said no. They were not having it. They didn't want it. But th- how far did he get on the train? So he's going to have to walk 600 miles and then whatever he travelled on the train. Yeah. Around the mountain that he wants the path in. And then back around the mountain, yeah. Jeez, the per- mate, this is... Effort. Never give up. Yeah, effort. So um, he did that every single day. Yeah. He started going back to, to, back to the mountain, started getting his hammer and chisel. Carving away, dosh, 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 right? Mm. So he finished in 1982. Took him 22 years. Of every day? Every day. So I I do have a little bit of uh, sort of his schedule for every day. (laughs) He has a schedule, he's got a rotor. Yeah. Uh, Also, if you scroll down as well, I've got a picture of the actual hammer and chisel he used. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm there. Which, if you look, that's not industrial. No, it is, uh, for everyone listening, it looks, it's wooden, essentially. Yeah, it's wooden. It's a wooden chisel, pretty much, but maybe maybe a bit of metal And the on hammer the looks like a, like, kind of like a very basic, kind of slightly small sledgehammer. Yeah, so it's like a piece of, or more like a mallet. Yeah. Just a, piece, yeah, 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 a wedge yeah, of metal on the end of a stick. Yeah. Yeah. So he's finished in 1982. Right. Having carved a path 110 metres long. Which in the grand scheme of things doesn't seem that... Long. I don't know. When was the last time you ran 100 metres? In school. But if you think Usain Bolt can do it in what, like 9.48 seconds? So Usain Bolt can run Dashraf Manji's pathway in under 10 seconds. Yeah. But then we've got to give him to him. He's carving through a mountain. Yeah. With, with a hammer and a wooden a hammer, hammer and chisel. A wooden chisel. Carving through a mountain. So 110 metres in that instance is yep. a long way. And it was 7.7 metres deep. I'm trying to get my head around that. Yeah. That's that's quite deep. Yeah. So not only is he going long, he's also going yeah. deep. Jeez. So he's like essentially going from like the top of the mountain, chiseling away down. 
Yeah, okay. Because obviously he couldn't go from the bottom chiseling straight because otherwise he'd end up under the mountain. So he had to start from the top and just chip away at it. 22 years. I wonder what he did with all the the rocks and rubble and stuff. That must be through it to the other side. Maybe there's just like two other massive massive mountains on the other side now. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's 7.7 metres deep in some parts and 9.1 metres wide, uh, which forms a road through the rocks now. He said, when I started hammering the hill, people called me a lunatic, but that steeled my resolve. I mean, if someone told me they were going to hammer a road through a mountain with a hammer and chisel, I'd call them mad as well. Yeah, exactly. But then also at the same time, if I'd see Dashrath Manji having walked back now doing 600 miles to Delhi. I th- yeah, I wouldn't question him. I'd be like, bro, you do you. I'd be like, do you know what? He can do what he wants. Yeah. He probably will do what he wants. Yeah. Um, so yeah he said that uh, yeah people thought he was a lunatic even his brother said he was he was mental for doing so but he said he steeled his resolve so yeah his hammer and chisel were obviously not industrial quality Uh, they were made of wood and he would start hammering away at the mountain from four in the morning till eight in the morning I can relate because that is my shift pattern that is actually I've only just realised that is the same shift pattern you do but but I get to listen to podcasts while I do my shift pattern and I'm not hammering through a mountain and what do you do for a job uh, I get well, I'm an online shopper essentially I, I get people's food and stuff for them so from 4am I believe is the word from 4am to 8am you wander around the shop with your headphones on listening to us talk about cool stuff right whilst putting shopping it's the easiest job in the world and it pays pays quite well as well so So that sandra can have a weekly shop without getting out the house getting out the house yeah Yeah. lazy well this bloke's walked 600 miles not only did he walk 600 miles he walked 600 miles to be told no then walked back i think i'd flip if i got there and someone said no i would flip out yeah you'd be like do you realize how far i've come but then at the same time he was of a low cast so it's like i don't care oh that's such a right that's such a shame yeah so, yeah, that's what you're doing at 4am till 8am. He at 4am <laughs> is getting up, grabbing his hammer and chisel, and then tick, 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 tick. Because I imagine away. that's when it's, like, coolest as well. Because imagine in, the in, in India it can get pretty toasty yeah. and I wouldn't want to be doing this in the in the heat. So uh, that's not only what he used to do. So he'd do that from 4am till 8am. So he'd do four hours of work. Yep. And then what he'd do from 8am uh, for most of the day, actually, he would then go plough fields and uh, do that for... Uh, neighbors and whatever and just do that for money and that's not easy work that's hard manual labor exactly so like i also have to stress then then him doing the mountain was not his sole job mm. this was a side hobby <laughs> he carved a path in a mountain as a, hobby. as a hobby he had another job he was working another job at the same time <sighs> which took up the majority of his day he wasn't even putting the most of his hours into this he was putting four hours a day into it he'd go to bed for like a couple of three or four hours or whatever and then just get up and do it, start again. You know, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I think, should I go to the gym, which is like a 10 minute walk? And I think, nah, I can't be bothered. Yeah. Or you wake up and you go, is it worth going to work today? Do I really need this job? Yeah. No. I mean, uh, I feel awful now. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. What a, what a guy. What yeah, a huh? guy. So yeah, he'd then go off to plough people's fields in the day to make money and he'd do that until one o'clock in the afternoon. And then he'd uh, have the afternoon off to do what he wants to do. Maybe start going back to the mountain again. Well, he's got children, hasn't he? So I'm assuming he has, yeah, to he also spend has two time children. children. Yeah, he also has two children. Um, so yeah. Because he's a single dad. He was a busy man. So um, he finished in 1982. So he did took in 22 years to carve this path and he finished, right? Yeah. That would be such a good day, wouldn't it? 
yeah. you'd feel incredible. But then also, uh, what I, so this is the thing. When I'm researching this, and uh, if you scroll down, actually, you'll be able to check out a picture of it. Yep. Have you got it? I can see it. So you can see what he did. You can yeah, see how high mad. that was and how much he's carved out of it. It's it, quite a lot. It looks like a professional road as well. It's flat. Right. Now, I have to If you're listening to well. this, I fully recommend you just to Google image this real quick because you can it's literally, incredible. Yeah, stop what you're doing. Or oh, actually, no, you can do this at the same time because that's how podcasts work. So you can literally get your Google up and then search up Dashraf Manji and his path and you'll be able to see the same pictures we've seen. Is at that, that path that you see at the bottom, though, that has actually been tarmacked now. It does look very professional, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, so it has been tarmacked Oh, so now. the people in Delhi actually got their arse into gear and decided to pave it for him after 22 years. Well, the government eventually paved it after his death. That's a bit of a kick in the teeth, isn't it? Yeah. So he um, became famous because of this, of course, in his local village and whatnot. I mean, as you would. Who as else has path through a mountain? Exactly. Um and the government, yeah, eventually they did say they would car- uh, pave it. Yeah. But it only happened after he died. I don't think they did it deliberately so that they were like, oh, well, yeah. after he died. But apparently yeah, he'd been pushing for it to be paved yeah. so that people can use you know, their cars and whatever if they've got those. Yeah, well, like carriages or yeah. what have you. And, uh, yeah, it took him, you know, up until when he died and he was still fighting to have that paved. Yeah. And eventually he did get it done, but it, literally he was he was dead before we could see it happen. Well, now that it is paved, it's going to be there for a very long time. Yep, so it's now become a bit of a tourist attraction. Yeah. Um, I imagine that's brought tourism to the village as well, which has probably helped them out a lot. Uh, a little bit, yeah. As I say, the people that live there are still not, they're still very impoverished and they don't have know that much going on now uh so yeah he managed to shorten travel to just over nine miles and if you remember i said it took you over 40 miles to get to the nearest village where a hospital was yeah it now takes you nine that's mad like that's 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 very reasonable isn't it yeah nine miles is just cut out 31 miles of the journey yep nine miles that that could be the difference between life and death Literally, literally. And that was the whole point of him wanting to do this. He didn't want people to suffer the same as he did. His wife died because of this. You said she fell off a mountain. Was it this mountain? Yeah. It was this mountain that she... Yeah. Man, yeah. She fell off these hills and that's how that's what she died from. Falling off these hills itself. And he managed to carve a path through them. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So before, uh, the villagers, of course, I was saying to you like how they have to get around. They used to have to climb over and around the hills because, um, but because of Dashraf, villagers walk literally straight through it now. Yeah. Um, he initially, as they wanted the clear way to be paved, but he wouldn't have long to live um, and he wouldn't see it happen. And it did happen eventually, as I say, after his death, though, which is unfortunate. Um I've got a little question as well. Is there anything that you would spend 22 years doing? To, or is it actually, no, I need to rephrase that. Is there anything that you care about enough that you would spend 22 years carving a path for a mountain? That I would dedicate all of them. Yeah. So is there something you love or care about enough that someone said, like, I don't know. I don't know what the scenario is, actually. But it were like, you need to carve a path through this mountain. It's going to take you 22 years. To acquire this one thing. To acquire this thing. Is it bad that nothing springs to mind? No. Because <laughs> when I wrote this and I wrote the question, I couldn't think of something either and I was hoping you But might. I think that kind of shows our privilege, doesn't it? It's like we will never have to. We have things. Yeah, my hospital where I live is 10 minutes away. Yeah, same. And if I really need it, I'll bring an ambulance and they'll just... And they'll come and get me. There's no mountains involved. 
No, no mountains. I mean, there's a, there's a bit of a hill. I live on top of a hill, which is a bit tiring at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's Can't not fun. It. But I actually, right, this is a little aside, and this is something quite personal. I was actually mugged on this hill when I was 18 years old. Right. So that's a danger in itself. Yeah. I was mugged by someone, and he took pretty much everything except my phone. I actually managed to talk him out of giving, taking my phone and giving it to me back. You managed to talk a yeah. mugger out of taking yeah. something. So, yeah, this guy had me uh, on a hill. Well, he was standing me up on a hill, not anyway. Yeah. Uh, and managed to get all my bits off me, my wallet, my yeah. phone. The my passport was my ID at the time. You took your passport? Yeah. Well, What's so he going to do? I I didn't have a provisional driver's license, so that was not my ID. My passport was. But what why, what what was he gaining out of taking your passport? I don't know. All I know is he had two black eyes and it was uh, three o'clock in the morning. So he's clearly tried it before and someone's beat the shit out of him. Maybe. Yeah, it was three o'clock in the morning. So it was very dark. Right. And I was coming home from a, a party. Right. How'd you do it? 18? Yes. Um, and yeah, and he managed to take my phone off me and I managed to argue enough with him that he gave it to me back. That's incredible bartering. Yeah. So uh, I, I must say he didn't give it to me. He threw it at a house. He was like, you want your phone? I said, yes, I want my phone back. He's like, you want your phone? I went, yes, I want my phone back. <laughs> and so he went, all right, here's your fucking phone and threw it at our house. Was it okay? Mm, so I followed the, I got my eyes, I'm tracking the phone and I hear, bang, it hits the house. I was like, okay, I know where it is. He was gone. He's legged it by this point. Yeah. So I then go to the house and uh, it's, as I say, it's three in the morning, it's pitch black, it's yeah. pitch dark. Uh, and I'm looking around trying to find my phone and I eventually found it, picked it up and uh, it, it was still on and yeah. I clicked the on screen and the whole screen didn't work except for the tiny, tiny oh. corner on the bottom, right? Uh, and I was like, okay, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Like this, I've never been up before. I don't know what to do. Like I was just scrolling and I was literally looking at this piece of my phone, just trying to like, try, trying to find basically my mom's number to give her a call and be like, I need to like, let someone know what's happened. It's yeah. three in the morning. And I managed to, find her number in my contacts and give her a ring and so i was like uh just so you know i've i've been mugged she was like really yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've spoke just you know took all my gear like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm nearly home now and uh i need you to call the police because i can't use my phone i literally just managed to get hold of you yeah uh, so we called the police they come over and uh i'm i'm quite tall i'm over six foot yeah I'm quite you know stocky as well and um I gave my statement to the police and then they said, um, surprised you didn't, you know, knock him out. And I was like, I'm not stupid. Like, <laughs> I'm not an idiot. He could have like an off on him. He could have literally had anything on him. Yeah. And then what if I'd missed? Yeah. What if I'd missed? So I'm assuming if you come back from party, you were quite drunk as I well. I was, I was. I was a bit inebriated at the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah, there are <laughs> there are dangers still out there. So in right. England. Dashraf has his mountain, I've got my little hill. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, little aside. Uh, oh yeah, I think you didn't answer the question. Is there something you spent twenty two years carving a, a hill for, apart from a mountain, for? I honestly, the only answers I can give you right now are joke answers because I don't have a serious answer. Give me a joke answer. If it could mean Aston Villa could win the Champions League, I would. That is a but joke. that's a joke. And like, that is if, a joke. But if if you actually sat me in front of a mountain with a hammer and a chisel and were like, do this, Aston Villa win the Champions League, I'd be like, no. But as a joke right now, that's what I'm going to say because I can't think of anything else. But if it came to it, no, because I'm not spending 20 years carving my way through a mountain for, because I don't need to. It's ridiculous, especially as you're not getting paid for it. Yeah. But it's but 
does does knowing that this is going to benefit your community, your village, your area, is that enough to I do s- it? I suppose if you come from a, an area ridden with poverty, you don't think in money. You think in human lives and like how people feel, which I think is an arguably better society. Um, doing something for others. Yeah, doing something for others because you want to, not because you're being paid to. Yeah, so like politicians you're doing it because you care about the people not because you're getting paid a lot of money to do it yeah and you can constantly up your wages yeah (laughs) anyway (laughs) so uh manji's work has made a life easier for people in the village but his work was not always seen so positively as it is now he was initially mocked for his efforts by locals uh so i said earlier even his own brother thought he was mad uh dashraf actually said Though most villagers taunted me at first, there were quite a few who let me support, who lent me support later by giving me food and helping me buy my tools. Because they probably saw him like halfway through this mountain going, this guy's actually doing it. Yeah. So it became a bit of a thing. He became like a local celebrity, of course. He was just a mad guy who keeps going up to the mountain and chiseling away at it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, his tools break. They continually break. Yeah. Um, but as I say, he became a bit of a, a local celebrity enough so that locals would give him new tools. Yeah. Uh, and they'd also give him food yeah, uh, to keep him good. going. So good. that was that was kind of the village eventually kind of helped out back, yeah. a little bit. But not, not enough, enough support with chiseling. Yeah, not enough to help actually crack on. I think he may have been out of half his time if people had just joined in. Yeah. But no one did. They just were like, we'll give you tools. We'll help you out that way. And we'll give you a bit of food. That was it. And they're reaping the benefits. Yeah, now, now they're reaping the benefits. Uh, so he died in 2007 uh, from gallbladder cancer. Oh. He was 73 years old. Well, surely in the state of their society, if you are born into your system based on karma, surely now he's like rich, if, this, if, if you are to believe this religion. Surely now he's been born into like the top tier because his good karma would be through the roof. See, that's the thing. He don't, I don't think it seems to work like that because his family, obviously, uh, his children and grandchildren and then essentially great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren will continually be born into this caste and family. Yeah, so, so, so in, a, in a sense of, like, r- the real world, his family will be poor, but in the sense of this religion, his yeah. spirit, for example, yeah. will be reincarnated in... Yeah, essentially, a, a yeah. So, so um, you could essentially say that someone who is born now, like in the next year or so, yeah, uh, when they grow up, they may come from privilege and they may, you know, live in a well-off area um, yeah. in in India, uh, and then they could essentially you could claim, oh, that's because I was Dashrath Manji in my previous life and I did good deeds and that's why I was born into this caste, which allows me benefits and whatever like that yeah that's kind of how it works but obviously we're not sure that that can work like so yeah um so yeah he yeah unfortunately he died aged 73 in 2007 of gallbladder cancer he was given a state funeral though which is good uh the government did recognize his work um and gave him a state funeral for that um with a villager actually saying now everybody has started worshiping manji the whole society is worshipping him, but only after he died. That's such a shame for him. Yeah. But he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that was doing it for no. fame or... No, from the get-go. Attention. Was, from the get-go, he was doing this to do it for other people. Yeah. It wasn't for him. What a top bloke. Honestly, what a top bloke. 
Um, now, that's a famous story in India. Yep. Kids actually learn about him in school now, in oh, textbooks. Awesome. Um, and in 2015, a movie about his life came out starring... Uh, now, I'm, I'm really, really sorry for this. You, I'm, I'm reading I'm, it. You're going to butcher it. I'm looking I'm forward gonna, to this. I'm going to butcher this, and I'm really, really sorry. Uh, Nawazuddin Siddiqui. I think you smashed it. I think I smashed that. Yeah. Uh, Nawazuddin Siddiqui, uh, directed by Ketan Mehta. Um, Manji's family were promised to receive 2% of the film's earnings, but they actually only received 150,000 Indian rupees. Now, um, they were asked, they were said that they would receive 2% of the film's over uh, earnings. The film actually made 178 million rupees. Right. And they only received 150,000. That's not 2%. It's not 2%. Uh, to break that down, in our money, the film made just over £2 million. Yep. They only got paid 1752 I have no words. £1,752 out of £2 million. That's it's, just the... It's their family member. Yeah. I can't help but feel there's some sort of like deep-rooted problem in India. There must be some sort of like um, abuse going on there in that maybe they feel like they can get away with that. They're not signed a contract. Can they not sue them for this? Well, they have taken it further. Right. Um, but nothing's come of it. Probably because they're poor and so no one cares. Yeah, they can't afford legal fees, that kind of stuff. That money's, they're not getting much. Right. They can't afford that stuff. But yeah, it, it, it's not great. It, no, it's not. It's, that's pretty evil. Yeah, it's, it really is. Because you think the film actually did quite well. Um, but actually it's got kind of a dark side to it. The, yeah. The, the family of the man who did this don't, aren't really going to reap any of the benefits of it. No. And they didn't have to sell his story. They didn't have to give no. him the rights to make that. No, not at all. They probably would have made it anyway, judging from the sounds of things. Mm. So uh, in 2016, uh, Dash was actually immortalised by being put on a stamp. Nice. So he yeah. really has become quite a big figure. He has. He was put on a stamp. And a gate was erected at the pathway called Dashrath Manji Dwar, which means gate. So Dashrath cool. Manji Gate. That's cool. Um, so there's now, as I say, there's now like a little bit of a, almost like a tourist hub. Yeah. So people will go to see Dashrath's gate. Yeah. And just walk the path. Um, 110 meters. You'll do it in, if you walk, you'll do it in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he also has now a hospital named after him. Is it the hospital that he was... I'm not sure if it's the actual hospital uh, that they couldn't get to, but... But a hospital was a key a figure hospital, in the story. Yeah, the right. hospital was sort of, you know, the key to this yeah, story. They couldn't get towards. to one. And if they could have got his wife to a hospital, she, she could have survived, lived. probably, yeah. if she'd had the immediate medical help, but she didn't. So it's yeah. almost ironic now that he's now has a, a hospital named after him. What's the, the health... This is a hospital. really weird question. I'm not expecting you to have the answer to it. What's the healthcare in India? Is it you pay for what you, the, I do not know. you receive? I do not know. Right, okay. We'll learn about we this and follow get it. back to you. Maybe we can follow it up next week. Yeah. All right, okay, follow up for next week. What's Indian healthcare like? Do you have to pay for it as it comes? Or well, do I, I, don't, it I don't know why. I just assume that they don't have the NHS. I feel like we're the only... I don't know. I don't want to make sweeping statements. I think, and yeah, it's probably a sweeping statement, America is the only developed country that has healthcare that's not a, like a universal thing for everyone. Oh, we're getting the answer right now. Oh, Hello. Okay, so healthcare system in India is universal. Okay. Lack of adequate coverage by the healthcare system in India means that many Indians turn to private healthcare providers. Okay, so you Although this is an option generally inaccessible to the poor. Yeah, probably. 
So they do have a universal health care, but so it's they, not great. So, but, but it's something. They, she would have got treatment. Yeah, that's she good. would have That's had something. But it's, it's like our country, isn't it? The NHS is, you get what you, like, it's great, but you can upgrade, like, Bupa and yeah. private. That's genuinely something I have considered at some point. If, yeah. I could, if I had the money, I'd go private just because of waiting lists, but that's a whole other podcast. It is. Uh, thanks very much for that. that was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we got our sound guys with us, <laughs> and uh, they were really helpful there. <laughs> we said we'd follow up, but they were just on it. They were like, no, we need to No follow right up now. next week. That's Still how interested. They want to know. They were like, I need to know now. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yes, he did have a hospital named after him. And as I said, children learn about him in school now, which is really, really nice. Nice. So, uh, that was Dash Rush from Angie. Uh, I think a good way to end this is a quote from another villager who called him. Have you got the quote at the bottom? Yep. I want you to read this. Dash Rush Manji was referred to as... The entire world's gem. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a villager in the area referred to him as that. The entire world's gem. That's nice. That's a nice thing to say about yeah, someone. It is. It's a really, really nice thing to say. So that was Dashraf Manji. What's your thoughts? I mean, what a bloke. I mean, just purely on perseverance. Like, you look at our lives and we give up on things very quickly because they're difficult. Mm. Whereas this man walks... It's not just the mountain. I think that's what... Like, people, It's not just the mountain. He walks 600 miles there to get told no, to walk 600 plus back, mm. to then start carving a mountain. Yeah, that's determination. That's pure for 22 years as well. I can't imagine committing to anything for 22 years. I tried to quit my three-year university degree twice. He <laughs> <laughs> did I, 22 I I years. Quit in first year as well. He carved a mountain for 22 years, but not like, wasn't going to gain anything. Out. Well, he would gain stuff out of it. The whole village would gain stuff out of it. I suppose it's just different lives, isn't it? Because like, obviously that's important to him and his village. And yeah. that would be useful to them. Me quitting my university degree is probably not that no useful to care. anyone. Yeah. No one cares. Everyone's life would go on no as normal. interested. <laughs> I think your parents are probably a bit annoyed, but... Yeah, they, yeah, they did try to stop me twice, and I, I did finish it eventually. Well if done. Anyone, if anyone wants to know, I did finish. Are you finish. proud of finishing university? Yeah, I got a 2-1. Nice. Good. <laughs> and also, that's your mountain. What did you get? I got a 2-1 as well. There you are, see? Two All the cool one. people get 2-1s. Average. Then there's a high average. <laughs> First is... This is how I'm gonna. We're gonna lose listeners on episode one because I'm just gonna annoy people. First is tried too hard, didn't enjoy university. Right. Two one is you're good at what you do and you had a good time. I gotcha. I don't want to go any lower because I'd upset people. A two two is. A two two is respectable. I think two two is fine. Two two and two one to me are interchangeable. Especially in especially in a creative field because it's all subjective. So if if a two one is someone who's good at what they do and they had a good time. A tutu is someone who is also good at what they do, but they maybe had a bit too much of a good time. Yeah. But obviously we... Anything under that. I don't even know what's under a tutu. A uh, third. Is that... I, so I didn't know if that was a real thing. You know, like, is it in school? Is it a G? You can get, like, Gs? No, they do numbers now anyway. You can get one to ten. That's, like, how you get graded. And I don't know. I think like number your... one is a good thing. Or I'm bad. glad I'm out of education. I don't know. I don't know. educate myself. It's a different pod. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Dashrath Manji, and he's a really, really, really good guy who did a really good thing for people, and I think more people need to know about him. Yeah, but it seems like people in India know about him, but in the Western civilization, we are... Uh... Yeah, yeah, he's, so he's famous in his area, which is really, really good, and I'm glad he is, Yeah, because uh, he deserves it. Yeah, 100%. Who could be carved through a mountain? Name me mountain. one other person that did it by himself with no industrial tools. Bob the Builder. No, you know, he'd probably do it in 10 years. His industrial tools are not only industrial, but they also talk. Yeah, they'd, they'd be a good help. They're something all of their own. 
Anyway, so that was Dashraf Manji. I enjoyed that. I think that was a good first episode. Start off inspirational before we delve into the dark, dark depths of the human psyche in other yes. episodes. Yes, so uh, we will warn you now. Uh, this is obviously the podcast called That's What People Do. Yep. We also do have a little subsection called That's What People Shouldn't Do. Because people do bad things. Yes. People do bad things. Yes. The idea, of course, we want to talk about people that have done cool things, but yep. so we can't get away it from will the fact that people have done bad things in their world. And, and we would like to talk things, about them too. The bad things are more interesting to talk about sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, bad people don't walk 600 miles to Delhi to then get told no, to then come back and spend 22 years carving through a mountain. No, but they will mass kill people. They will do that sometimes. That probably has a harder toll on the spirit. Yeah, it's not, it's not as beneficial to society as Dashrath was. Unless you're Thanos and you're doing it for population reasons. Well, that's debatable. Anyway. I, I stand with Thanos. I'll take that back. I've just said I'd kill half the world. <laughs> okay, so I think we need to wrap up now. Yeah, before um, I genocide someone else. So episode one, Dashraf Manji. I think, yeah. The mountain man. 22 years. Carved a path for a mountain to benefit his whole village in India. What a bloke. Top legend. Top man. Thanks very much for listening. Um, and we'll see you next week where I'm not sure who we're going to talk about, but it's going to be someone cool. I it, promise you that. It will be someone cool. So uh, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to That's What People Do. And we'll see you on the next one. See you later. Have a good one.